A friend of mine asked me recently, who are my favorite NBA players to watch live? And I came up with two names really quickly. One is Giannis Antetokounmpo. The other is Steph Curry. Well, I take it all back. I'm tired of watching Steph Curry. I'm tired of watching the Golden State Warriors. The Kings have played them 135 times in the last few months, and I'm sick of it. I'm over it, because here come the Warriors once again into the Golden 1 Center. They spoil the Kings' home opener. Steph Curry drops 41 points. De'Aaron Fox did go toe-to-toe with the superstar, but it was enough, and we're going to break this game down right here for you on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for our first deposit match up to $100. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. And after the great vibes of the Kings win in Utah, I was ready for the playoff energy to be back inside the Golden One center and it was don't get me wrong fans piled in here ready for another exciting season ready to see the new and improved beam after a king's home win but steph curry and the golden state warriors had other plans can we just call it like it is at this point I know Vivek Ranadive is the majority owner of the Sacramento Kings but at this point Steph Curry is a minority owner what is it with this man and playing the Sacramento Kings he torches the Kings. He just loves to come in, whether it's in Sacramento or in Golden State, but especially here in Sacramento. He loves to take the floor and just break the hearts of every Kings fan in this building and take the wind out of every Kings player's sail. And it doesn't matter what you do to stop him. De'Aaron Fox, after the game, said it is basically impossible to stop him unless you're blocking his shots, which is hard enough as it is when he gets going the way he got going tonight. 41 points. 14 of 19 from the field, 7 of 10 from three-point range, four assists, and two steals. Steph Curry was unbelievable. And to be honest, putting my Kings bias and Kings fandom aside, yes, Curry is absolutely one of my favorite players to watch. Who doesn't love to watch someone who is as good at what they do as Steph Curry? Now, Giannis is a different thing. Like, Giannis I love to watch because he's just an absolute physical specimen, and he can get up the floor in five steps and slam and dunk on a fast break. I love watching LeBron James because he's also one of those just wizards of the game of basketball. He's literally born and bred to be a basketball player. Steph Curry's different. Steph Curry is just such an unbelievably skilled human being that even if you hate the man, you are mesmerized by what he does. And I see people say, and I I joked about it in the intro, like, I don't want to see Steph Curry play anymore. He should just retire. Like, let it be done. We've seen it. We get it, Steph. You're amazing. You're the greatest shooter of all time. Nobody will ever touch your shooting. Ride off into the sunset. Just go away. I get people who feel that way, but to be completely honest with you, Steph Curry is one of those players that I never want to see retire. Kind of the same way I felt about Kobe Bryant. Now, I hated Kobe. Kobe was my villain growing up. I could not stand Kobe Bryant. He made me so angry, right? But I was so mesmerized watching Kobe play, I never wanted it to end from a basketball standpoint. That's how I feel about Steph. 
watching him play, and not just watching him play an actual basketball game, like 48 minutes of basketball action, just watching him in warm-ups. Your jaw hits the floor. Just how unbelievably talented that man is. That being said, he can go be talented against the other 28 teams. Leave the Kings alone. Okay, 30, you've proven your point. Leave them alone. Back off a little bit. In fact, when the Kings play the Warriors on November 1st, which, yeah, by the way, the Kings are playing the Warriors again in a handful of days. Whoop-de-doo, let's do it all over again. This time it's going to be in San Francisco. Steph, why don't you just take it easy that night, okay? How about you just settle for 30 points, okay? Can you stay away from the 40s and 50s? Just take it easy. You don't need to do it anymore. You don't need to do it. Because the Warriors are already frustrating enough without Steph Curry doing what he does best, right? The most frustrating part of the Warriors, and it has become, I mean, it is their identity. To me, it is the foundation of their dynasty, is the fact that you can be outplaying the Warriors for a vast majority of the game. In this case tonight for the Sacramento Kings, it was the first half, right? 22, 21, 22 of the first 24 minutes of this game. The Kings were in full control. They had an amazing first quarter. They allowed only 24 points in the first quarter. It's the second straight first quarter that they have allowed 24 points. They did the same thing on Wednesday's season opener in Utah. Got off to a really, really good start defensively. They're in control for the majority of the game. They build an 11-point lead in the second quarter. And within the final couple of minutes of the first half, the Kings go from a double-digit to close to double-digit lead to trailing by three because the Warriors decide, hey, there's like 60 to 90 seconds remaining. Let's just rattle off a 9-0 run for no reason and suddenly take away all that progress and all the hard work that the Kings uh, put into that first 20 or 21 minutes. Yeah, let's erase that in a blink of an eye and not only go into halftime with the game more manageable, but actually go into halftime with a lead. I'm freaking demoralized watching that as a fan or as a media member. How do the players feel putting in all that work to watch it just vanish in an instant? It's like gambling. It's like you're at a blackjack table, right? And you build a $20 stack of chips up to like 80 or 100 or 120. And maybe you start feeling yourself right, so you put $80 down on one bet, and you get 20. You get two tens. You're like, yes, 20. I'm in a good spot. And then the dealer rattles off like four or five low cards in a row to get to 21 and sends you right back to even or even a little bit like in, in, in the red a little bit. Like, that's how it feels like dealing with the Golden State Warriors. You're, you're doing good, you're doing good, you've made all this progress, and instead of chipping away at it, they just control-alt-delete that I gotta bleep that. <laughs> I gotta bleep that. I can't say that on the podcast. Sorry, I got, I got rolling there a little bit. But what we can take away from this game, I mean, there's a lot of things to take away, good and bad, but what we can take away is that while De'Aaron Fox is not on Steph Curry's level, De'Aaron Fox is a star in his own right. Because you have Curry going for 41, and on the other side, you have De'Aaron Fox matching him toe-to-toe with 39. 22 of those 39 came in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox quite literally, like, I have this picture in my head of him essentially grabbing the ankles of the other four kings on the floor who are lying on their backs with, like, Tweety Birds going around their head after getting punched after punched after punch from the Golden State Warriors in their offense. And De'Aaron just grabbed them all by the legs and dragged them back into where the Kings had a chance. The Kings didn't deserve to have a chance in this game. De'Aaron, 39 points, 14 of 28 shooting from the field. I don't even care that he took 28 shots. 5 of 9 from 3-point range. 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Like I mentioned, 22 points in the fourth quarter. The thing is, like, 
he was amazing in the fourth quarter, and he gave the Kings a chance. The Kings can't wait until three minutes left in the game, though, to pick up, to pick up their defensive intensity. Because what we saw for sure a lot of the third quarter, but especially in the fourth quarter, was, was the Kings were starting to score. De'Aaron Fox was getting buckets. But the Kings weren't getting any stops on the defensive end, so it didn't matter. You can't trade buckets with a team who's up by 15 points. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, and even if you're trading your three for their two, chipping one point away over the course of a 12-minute quarter against a team as prolific as the Warriors, that's not going to work. The Kings needed to pick up the defensive intensity before the final three minutes because when they got within that three minutes and the crowd started getting back into it, De'Aaron was hitting big shots. Suddenly, the Kings were playing physical defense again, forcing steals, forcing turnovers, getting out in transition, and giving themselves a chance. And then Steph Curry hit another big three, hit the Sacramento Kings with the night-night celebration, which, completely honest, was deserved. I'm not even mad at it. Like, yeah, talk your talk, Steph. You did it again. You shut the Kings up. You shut the crowd up. And you got the Warriors the 122-114 to 114 victory. But here's what also can't happen. Steph Curry was going off, right? He already had 30-something points, like with four minutes left in the third quarter. He comes out of the game for the final three minutes of the third quarter. And I'm thinking, okay, Kings are down nine. Here's an opportunity for you to chip away, get it to within five, right? Go to the fourth quarter within five with Steph Curry on the bench, right? Take advantage of this because Steph was the only one that was really beating you and killing you. No, instead, the Golden State Warriors extend their nine-point lead to 18 with Steph Curry on the bench. That can't happen. You're never going to beat a team as good as the Warriors if you can't chip away at the lead when their best player and their hot hand is taking the rest that he needs on the bench. The Kings also did a terrible job taking care of the basketball. Actually, it wasn't as bad as the Warriors. The Warriors turned the ball over 19 times. The Kings turned the ball over 14 times. So technically, they won that battle, except for the fact that the Warriors scored 26 points off of those 14 Kings turnovers. You give the Warriors opportunities, they're going to kill you. And the Kings' transition defense is not good. Now, I thought a lot of their half-court defense was actually pretty solid for a good portion of this game. Now, they did give up 36 points in the second quarter and 39 points in the third quarter. So maybe it wasn't great then. But to start this game and then at times in the fourth quarter, I thought the Kings' half-court defense was really, really solid. But unfortunately, the Kings fall to the Warriors again. And we got to talk about Kevin Herter. I also want to give a little bit of love to DeMontis Sabonis. And we're going to get to that here in just a second. Before that, though, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Ibotta. Hey, how does a free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure that your Thanksgiving table is stuffed and complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Ibotta gives you cash back on your turkey, on all the sides, on all the fixing, everything that you're buying, and all the money that you're spending to make sure you have the best Thanksgiving spread out there, Ibotta will give you cash back for. Big holidays mean big family get-togethers, but you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return. With Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all of your favorite sides essentially for free. Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app and redeem uh, for everything that you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete, all you have to do is shop at your local retailers and upload your receipt. They give you money, cash back, 
on all of the purchases that you are making. So download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use code LOCK. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store, and use code LOCKED. Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Price Picks. Now, what is Price Picks? Price Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, which includes the pros and those sharks out there that basically make money off of you just trying to enjoy yourself and, and making this a hobby, you pick more or less than a prize picks projection for up to two to six players. If you get it right, you can win up to 25 times your money. Prize picks is really truly the most fun that I've ever had playing daily fantasy sports. It's really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds. And they have projections, all sorts of different stats for so many different players, whether you're doing a Kings game or just a night in the NBA, a Sunday in the NFL. There's so much for you to play and so much for you to Enjoy, enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports, made easy. I think I've already said this once or twice since preseason. We got to talk about Kevin Herter. Zero points, 0 of 5 from the field, and all those shots were from three-point range. Two rebounds, two assists. He played 15 and a half minutes tonight. I want Kevin Herter to work through this slump because we have seen how dynamic he is as a shooter. We have seen how dangerous he can be and how much that opens up the Sacramento Kings offense, even beyond as prolific as it already is, right? When Kevin Herter is on, the Kings are virtually unguardable. I've said that before. But if Kevin Herter is not hitting shots and he has been in his own head or whatever, I don't know what has happened to his jump shot, but it has disappeared since the playoff series against the Golden State Warriors, maybe even a little before that. Kevin has not hit three-pointers at a good clip since March. Like, he has been struggling. And, of course, the Kings are asking for more of him on the defensive end and more of everybody on the defensive end. If Kevin Herter is not giving you that floor spacing and that shooting – and he gives you very limited stuff on the defensive end of the floor. Plus, he's only getting a couple of assists or a couple of rebounds here or there. He's not giving you what you need out of your starting shooting guard. If this keeps up, Mike Brown is going to be forced to go to Chris Duarte or maybe even Malik Monk in the starting lineup. Because Kevin is just a shell of himself right now, and it's, it's really disappointing. Now, to be fair to Kevin, because it's not his fault that the Kings lost tonight, The shooting guards for the Kings sucked, period, tonight. Like, Malik Monk was okay. He had nine points, only took four shots, went two of four from the field. Did have six assists. He was second on the team in assists. So, Malik Monk made his presence felt in other ways off of the bench. Certainly wasn't as good as he was with the Kings relying on him as that sixth man during the playoffs. He was not that tonight. Chris Duarte, who got a lot of Kevin Herter's minutes once... Mike was pretty sure that that Kevin just didn't have it again tonight. Duarte provided only four points, went one of seven from the field, 0 of four from three-point range, had three assists, and fouled out of this game with six fouls. Now, what Chris Duarte, I think, provides not significantly better than Kevin Herter, but definitely noticeably better than Herter, is on the defensive end. So even if Duarte's going 0 of four from three-point range, 
the Kings are still able to put Duarte on Steph and feel at least decent about it, right? You're not going to stop Steph. Davion couldn't do anything. De'Aaron couldn't do anything. Uh, Duarte couldn't do anything. It didn't matter who the Kings threw at Steph Curry. He just shrugged it off and laughed and, and hit threes in their face. So it didn't really matter at all. I don't know why Kevin Herter was guarding Steph Curry so much. I don't know if that was intentional by the Warriors. I know Steph Curry is not guarding De'Aaron Fox, so maybe just with how fast these two teams play and with Curry guarding Herter, it just more often than not, Herter had to match up with him. Either way, it wasn't working. I mean, again, nothing the Kings were doing was working. But when Kevin is giving you nothing on offense and he's giving you little to nothing on defense, which unfortunately is kind of status quo for him, you got to look elsewhere. Now, it's just game two. Game two of the regular season, I know it stings because it's a loss. Kevin Herter didn't do a whole lot, and the Kings win against the Utah Jazz, but they won that game, so we talked about it, but it didn't matter as much, right? Kevin has more than enough time to work through it. In fact, we talked to De'Aaron Fox, we talked to Keegan Murray, and we talked to Mike Brown about Kevin Herter, and they reemphasized the faith that they have in him. Take a listen. I mean, you stay the course. This league, it's 82 games. We played two. There are... Last year, we were coming in here and the Kev's shooting 60% from three. So, like, those things happen. Um, but you want him to stay, to stay the course. He got, here, he got to this level for a reason. Um, he stayed at this level for a reason. He got his extension for a reason. Um, those things don't happen by accident. And you go through tough spells. You've seen the best shooters in the world go through rough spells. So uh, we want him to continue to be him. Um, Obviously, we're asking him defensively to chase guys and fight through screens. Obviously, that, that wears on you. That wears on your legs. But that's part of being a professional, and that's part of being a professional two-guard in this league. You have to do that, and then you've got to go on the other end and make shots. And he knows what his job is, and he's just struggling right now. So, so we're, we're fine. We want him to stay the course. Yeah, I mean, he's the best year, if not the best year, on our team. Um, so just uh, keep being consistent on what he's doing. And um, I know that he's working hard every single day um, with his shooting. and. I'm staying in the gym, so um, we know we all have faith in him. Um, I have complete faith in him, and every time he shoots the basketball, I think it's going to go in. Kevin is not the only one that uh, made mistakes tonight. You know, there are plenty of guys that made mistakes, and when I evaluate, when I evaluate the team, I'm not just looking at Kevin and thinking about taking Kevin out the starting lineup. There are other changes, you know, that can be made, um, and so I always with. with with the flexibility we feel we have with this team, that's something that I always have to take a look at, you know. And, and again, not just with Kevin, but across the board, I got to take a look at it to see how I can put our team in the right position to win a ball game. Yeah, Mike. On that, I mean, you can kind of see Kevin scuffling. Like, how do you how do you reach a player like that that that's like coming into a season, a long season, where he's already a little off kilter, and try to get him sort of back on the right path? Uh, you know, he's been in the league long enough uh, to where, um, uh, you know, he's been through some stuff. And I think that uh, his mental toughness, us encouraging him as much as we can, us telling him, hey, if you're open, let that thing fly. Um, you know, us continuing to try to work with him um, in the areas that we feel he can be better at. Uh, at the end of the day, he's, he's been in the league long enough. In my opinion, he's going to figure it out. He's shot the ball extremely well throughout his entire career. And, and uh, so I don't see anything uh, different happening this season. I think uh, eventually his shooting is going to uh, 
uh, be where it needs to be for him to feel good and for and for it to help us win some ball games. We got to talk about Demontis Sabonis a little bit too because I was hoping for a big game from him in his. Uh, revenge opportunity or his first real chance against the Golden State Warriors after he struggled in the playoffs. And, of course, Kevon Looney and the Golden State Warriors got the last laugh tonight with the win, but they certainly didn't win because of Kevon Looney. They won because of Steph Curry, of course. But Sabonis had a solid night. 19 points, 7 of 15 from the field, 18 rebounds, 7 assists, and 5 steals. Now, Looney had a pretty solid night, too. Not nearly as good as DeMontis Sabonis, but still a very solid night. He had eight points, four of six from the field, 12 rebounds, six assists, three steals. One, DeMontis Sabonis out-rebounded Kevon Looney, which I don't know if he did more than once. and I, Maybe he didn't even do it once. I don't even remember. But he did not have a good time on the glass against Kevon Looney during the playoffs. He also, of course, did not have a good time getting in his offensive rhythm, which tonight, again, he had 19 points. So it's hard to look at this game and go, yeah, Kevon Looney and the Warriors dominated DeMontis Sabonis again. No, they didn't. Domas had a good game. Now, the Kings, of course, could have used a little bit more out of him, could have used a little bit more out of everybody, but believe it or not, the Kings actually out-rebounded the Warriors in this game. So they lost, but at least there was improvement on that end of the floor. They out-rebounded the Warriors 41-39, to and they only allowed seven offensive rebounds for the Golden State Warriors. Now, I asked De'Aaron Fox about that. I was trying to find like something positive to talk about in his uh, post-game press conference, and De'Aaron kind of snapped me and snapped us all back to reality because basically he said, look, like, yeah, it's great that we held them off the glass more than in the playoffs, but the Warriors still shot over 50% from the field and over 40% from three-point range. So they had less opportunities to get offensive rebounds because they weren't missing shots. So that context is a little important. So I'm not necessarily going to celebrate the Kings holding the Warriors to just seven offensive rebounds. But it was interesting to see that the Kings did a good job out-rebounding the Warriors in this game. And it's weird to see that they lost a game that they out-rebounded their opponent because that didn't happen a whole lot last season. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into the NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you have to do is place a $5 bet. So put $5 in, bet on whatever you want, whether it's a spread, a player prop, an over-under, and more. They have so many different things for you to bet on. Put $5 down. No matter what happens, you're getting $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. You win, here's $200 more to help you win more money. You lose, here's $200 for you to get that money back and then some. Because FanDuel wants you to keep playing. They don't want you to just go all in and lose and never play again. They don't want you to go all in, win, cash out, and never play again. They want you to enjoy the fun that is betting on games while you're watching and enjoying those games. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, this is the perfect time to do so. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season the right way. Of course, great NBA action on FanDuel as well. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I also want to talk about Sasha Vazenkov a little bit. He had 10 points tonight in his true Kings home debut. Four of six from the field, two of four from three-point range. Only had one rebound, which I wish that was a little bit better, but I'm not going to focus on that. If Sasha keeps this up, because once again, defensively, he wasn't a liability. He wasn't great. He got blown past a couple of times, but add him to the list of kings that were blown past tonight uh, or blown by tonight, so I'm not going to put that all on him or, or focus on that, hyper-focus on that with him when other players, other prominent players, were struggling with that as well. If Sasha keeps looking decent on the defensive side of the ball and comes in and hits threes like he did tonight, once again, the first three he put up, he hit. It's, he's carving out a role for himself, right? 
It's going to be difficult when Trey Lyles comes back. It's going to be difficult for Mike to take Sasha out of the rotation. Now, I still trust Trey Lyles a whole hell of a lot more than I trust Sasha. That's just natural because I've seen Trey Lyles a lot more, right? Sasha maybe has higher upside being a EuroLeague MVP, but I trust Trey Lyles to know how to help impact winning with this Kings team because he did it all last season. So I'm not saying Sasha's taking Trey's spot. When Trey comes back from his calf injury, uh, he's out of the rotation. Sorry, Trey. That's just the way it is. But if Sasha keeps playing this way, when Trey comes back, Mike's going to have to find a way to stagger his lineups even more or find somebody else to bump out because I think Sasha's been playing really, really well. At least solid as a rotation player and a shooter coming off of the Sacramento Kings bench. I've been really pleased uh, with what, uh, what he's been doing. I also want to talk about Davion Mitchell really quick because we can't focus on Kevin Herter's offensive struggles and just let Davion slide under the radar. He's played two games this season. Two games. He and I have the same amount of points. Zero. Davion hasn't scored yet. Now, I'm a little less concerned about that than I am about Kevin Herter because Kevin, of course, is a starter and gets more opportunities and more expectation as a scorer. But Davion showed all this upside in the preseason, right? Was hitting threes, looking good, getting his shots. These first two games, he hasn't had one drop. Now, to be fair, he only took two shots tonight. 0 of 2 from the field, 0 of 1 from three-point range. The problem is he didn't do anything else. Zero rebounds, zero assists. Did have one steal, but he played 11 minutes. I know you're playing against the Golden State Warriors, and your primary objective when you're playing against the Warriors when you're on the floor is to try and contain Curry as best as possible. And he did as well as he could, right? But you got to give me something else. And he didn't give you anything. Quite literally, he gave you one steal. That's all he gave you. One steal and, and halfway decent defense. Defense, and that's not fair. Pretty, pretty good defense for Davion. Unfortunately. The Kings offensively, once again, just like the playoffs, offensively, they had a letdown tonight, once again, against the Golden State Warriors. Well, we'll get to see them try it again on November 1st. But before that, Sunday night, Kings-Lakers, here inside the Golden 1 Center. If the Kings are going to bounce back and get a win, it would be sweetest, other than against the Warriors, it would be sweetest against the Los Angeles Lakers. So hopefully the Kings are able to turn it around and bounce back. Thank you so much to everybody that I got to see today. So many of you came up to me on the concourse or while I was walking around and, and said hi. You don't know how much that means to me. I appreciate it so much. If you ever see me, feel free, unless I'm like doing a TV thing, free for, feel free to come up to me and let's chat, take pictures, whatever you want to do. I, I, that means the world to me. It honestly means more to me than it probably does to you, truthfully. Like, that means the world to me. I, I love it. So thank you to everybody who came up. Thank you to everybody who said hi. Also, I put out on social media, you might have seen it, before the game today, I sat down for a one-on-one -on -one interview with Stockton Kings general manager and daughter of Sacramento Kings owner Vivek Ranadive, Anjali, or Anjali Ranadive. I spent time with her, and... I had a good 16-minute conversation with her just about her journey to becoming a general manager with the Stockton Kings, uh, her responsibilities as the Stockton Kings general manager. I was really impressed by the interview. I came away feeling really, really impressed about it. I think you're going to like the interview, and I think you'll learn a thing or two about her and, and, and what she does and, and how she got to that position. So I encourage you to check that out. I'm going to be dropping that full interview on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings to kind of bridge that gap between the Warriors game and 
uh, and the Lakers game. I guess technically it's going to be later today because as of right now recording this, I'm sitting in the Golden 1 Center and it's 12.25 in the morning. So later today, I will be releasing uh, that full interview uh, with uh, Anjali Ranadive. So I hope you will tune into that. I hope you will listen to that. I hope you will enter it with an open mind and kind of give her a chance because I think you'll be impressed with a lot of the things that she had to say. And I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks to her and thanks to the Kings uh, for allowing us to do it. That's tomorrow. Then we got the Lakers on Sunday. So I hope you'll join me for those episodes. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for dealing with me being sick of the Warriors. I'm sure you're sick of them too, but we'll see them another three times, plus maybe the playoffs again. Who knows? Until then, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.